Welcome back to Ravel Radio. I'm Kara Steinman, your host and founder of the Ravel Collective. For anyone who doesn't already have the scoop, Ravel is an online networking community for purpose-driven women's service entrepreneurs who value relationships. Quick thanks to everyone who's been listening. I am having a blast chatting with all of you and getting the opportunity to share your thoughts and expertise with the rest of the world. On this episode of Ravel Radio, I'm joined by fellow Raveler and founder of Easy as Pie Design, Danielle LaFleur. Danielle has over 30 years in marketing, IT, SEO, network design, and web development, and has helped hundreds of small to medium-sized businesses maximize extra revenue streams. In our conversation today, we get into the latest advancements in AI technology, their impact on the marketing industry, and Danielle's going to tell us why marketers don't need to worry about AI taking their jobs. And of course, no AI conversation would be complete without touching on the potential risks. And Danielle shares her perspectives and thoughts on how we can avoid some of them. Ready? Let's hear from Danielle. Can I just tell you really quickly how much I love you? I think you're fantastic. Uh, So sweet. (laughs) I'm so glad we're friends. I am so fucking glad we're friends too. Like it's been a blessing, like an absolute blessing. Okay. 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 So for real, we're here. Oh, we're doing, we're we're doing the thing. We're here. (laughs) And just tell us, tell us where we're at with AI. Are we scared of it? Do we love it? What's happening here? I personally love it. So I'm a big fan. So that's my personality of it. It doesn't mean that it dismisses the idea that I'm scared, but it also excites me because now there's something fresh and new and exciting and we get, we're on the kind of cusp of change. And it's been a hot minute since their industry has had a change that's so widely distorted distributed across all platforms. Um, and so you kind of feel like this, I kind of feel like I'm reliving um, the dot-com era, you know, where everything was new and it was all fun. And I started, you know, when we started working on this stuff, it was like, we had a notepad and that was exciting. And then Dreamweaver came out, we were like, oh my God. Right. And then Photoshop released and we lost our living brains. Right. So I kind of feel like, and then there was all these companies, Kazoo and Webvan, and there was all these companies that came out. We we're all excited. And then all kind of like busted and consolidated big corporations came out of it and stuff like that. Um, I remember Amazon was just books um, and it was really tiny and it was local and all that other kind of stuff. Kirkland brand, Costco was brand new and they went online. So I feel excited because it's been a while for those of us who have been in IT and network um, for a long time. This is an exciting time because we haven't had this rush, for lack of better words, um, Very in, exciting. A in a while. The difference is, is a lot of people have been working in this for a extru- for years. Like this is not a new development or product. People have worked in AI for 10, 15 years. Like this yeah. is this is not a new thing. It's just new to be able to be um, utilized in the public in such a way uh, that is unprecedented on any other technology and adaptability than anything else before. So that that kind of brings up this topic. There are a lot of us who feel like, oh my God, in November or whatever it was, yeah. chat GPT, and now all of a sudden there's AI. And so we're all talking about it and we're all thinking about it and trying to wrap our heads around how to use it and whether or not we should be scared or excited. But What are we missing here about AI being new? Well, I think it's important to understand that AI, artificial intelligence, is just uh, machine learning at the end of the day. And so there's different ways that you can apply machine learning. But if you're kind of wondering, like, how does um, the Google bots figure out, like, what's going to go to the top or something like that? There's an algorithm. You heard about the algorithm. Da, da, da. 
that's all AI technology at the end of the day, at the core level, right? Um, I call her woo-woo girl because if I say her name too loud, she yells back at me from Amazon. Like when I say her name, so we call her woo-woo girl, woo-woo girl in the house, she'll respond back to me and she'll remember all those things. And that's part of machine learning. So the idea of the fact is that we are just, we've probably been utilizing it more than you really know. Like um, the name of Google's machine learning for the algorithm is um, the algorithm that Bert uses is that uses the NLP and AI will determine the search results um, and its personalized preferences and all that other kind of stuff, right? So your car uses it. Like it's just machine learning. Like that's at the end of the day, you program data sources, right? And then it analyzes the data and then it spits back an answer. It's like a calculator. And, you know, at the end of the day. You said in one of our last call, one of our recent calls that we were chatting, and you said that it was Grammarly uses AI. And that kind of blew my mind because I've used Grammarly for years and years and years. And I'm like, oh my God, I was all high on my horse. Like AI will never replace the writers. And here I was using AI the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like an asshole. Right. Like we all do, we just, and that's the point that I want to really emphasize is the fact that this is so embedded already. We're not even going to notice it. Just like you really don't notice the fact that you have to push the button on your car instead of putting the key in anymore. Or there's well, I still have to windows. put the key in. Okay. Well, you have to put the key in, but you notice how that's just normal. Like we don't really think about it. Of course you push a button, right? It's going to be the same within our daily lives at the end of the day. Like, of course that's what you do. Like because it makes these small tasks easier, makes things simpler at the end of the day. Um, so a lot of us have already been utilizing it and not even realizing it, just like we use computers all the time. And we don't even think about like our phone's a computer and all these other devices. We don't really think about them as being bad and crazy and all this other kind of stuff. But yeah, it's already yeah. well, well, so ingrained into our day to day. Yes. So, but what happened at the end of 2022, as I understand it, was a big release in generative AI. Yes. And that's what everybody's responding to. And so there is a difference between where we're at now and where we were. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, as somebody who's a, an SEO expert and been in marketing and, and IT and all these, you know, you're, you've been in tech for a very long time. Where are we going from here? Um. I think we're going into, there's a whole bunch of different, um, we can only speculate because I can only speculate and based off what I think and the, the people that I follow, what they kind of think at the end of the day of where we're going. Um, so when it comes to the, where we're going with, um, overarchingly, we're going to get better, more personalized results. What we have to be aware of is, um, it's, there's still a human input that's kind of going, we're still feeding the information and our biases known or unknown. We have biases, whether we are aware or not aware of them, right? You have biases when you write things. So um, we have to be aware of when we're inputting information, it's just taking that information and bringing it back to us at the end of the day. Um, And so if we input our own biases, those biases come back to us and it re-ingrains, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like reinforces, reinforces. Thank you. Reinforces that bias from generation to generation to generation. Right. 
Um, and so it's still doing that. But the idea at the end of the day is that we'll be able to have more information that will counter those biases and create new data points. So there's a better equalization between those. And we hmm. can get a more rounded view of the of the situation as a whole. Hmm. What do you think about companies who are worried about content saturation? Like, like, is it even worth competing anymore because everyone else is going to be putting out so much content? How do you see clients reacting to this whole thing? I don't even think my clients are aware that it's going on, to be honest. Um, I think I'm in my own little world. Um, So I don't know. That's a good question too. That's that's something I'm curious about. Do you think we're sitting like at, at the, like on one little sliver of this, um, digital marketing situation, or do you think all the marketers I'm, I'm particularly concerned with what is going to happen with SEO and like how we execute SEO. And I'm like, I'm wondering if everybody else is thinking about this or if everybody's in your own, their own little social media bubble. I don't even know. Yeah. I think a lot of people are in their own little social media, but I think SEO is drastically changing. I don't even know if it's going to be called SEO anymore. What um, would you call it? Um, Well, the talk around town right now is GEO, which is generative engine optimization instead of search engine optimization, optimizing the AI to produce the results that so your results show up faster than other people. So it starts with an SEO platform and then converts over to GEO. Um, So generative engine optimization. And so that's where I personally think it might be going to, it could be called something else at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, SEO and GEO are the same thing, optimizing to be at the top of the list. Does that make sense? So if you're doing SEO, you're optimizing to be first on search engines. But if you're not using a search engine, if you're using ChatGBT, you want to optimize to be first on ChatGBT when it searches. Does that make sense? So people are now like, for those of us who are not in the AI conversations channel on on, on, uh, Ravel, (laughs) you're saying people are using, they're using ChatGPT like Google now. Yes, yeah. So you're saying Google has some serious competition now, but well, what, how does that, how does that work though? Because right now chat GPT can only, and I, I mean, I know there are lots of AI platforms, but I'm using chat GPT because that's the one that's all famous right now. Yeah. That only goes up to what September, 2021 or something like that. Yeah. About there right now. And so, and we still have great content from September 21. Like I go read content and get answers from YouTubes that were in 2017. A good example is I'm having a problem with my dishwasher. Water wasn't going to it. I Googled something from 2017 popped up from a plumber in Michigan and he was like, blah, blah, blah. And I did blah, blah, blah. And then it worked. It still is great content right? Even though it's not from, you know, 2023. So I think it's important to understand that um, it doesn't have to be the newest and the greatest. It has to be the best that answers the problem, the best answer for the problem. So it might depend on the type of a problem. So if I need to solve a plumbing problem or something that's a little bit more evergreen, chat GPT would be faster and more effective for me. But if I need to know what the, what the best restaurant is on the beach in Sayulita that didn't exist a year ago, I might want to go to Google still. Yeah, you might want to go to Google, but I would I would take this away that it's not one or the other. They're going to be combined. Understand that I think they're just going to be combined into one thing. It's not a this or that. It's a one solid piece. Okay. What would you say to people who 
have their brain exploding like mine is exploding. How like, no, 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 I'm not. No, you're, you're freaking amazing. You're perfect. It's just that it's for those of us who don't have like a really conceptual framework to like put this in. I'm wondering how do we stay not overwhelmed by it? Oh, that's important. Don't read it. Don't read the news every single day. I think it's really important. <laughs> I think just to, don't read the news as good. <laughs> just don't read the news every single day on this topic. How about this? Um, one, I would like for me personally, I try to stay aware of what the thought leaders are saying right now. That's who I'm following. I am paying attention to the thought leaders at the end of the day because I am very curious about what they think because they are the creators and have been working on it and have a bit of an understanding, they're going to say things that are going to give us clues on where the direction is going. Does that make sense? Hence why I say it kind of feels like I could be wrong. It could change. You know, everything's could bubble out somewhere. Right. But I feel like GEO is probably the direction we're going. That's why I say that. Right. So I am curious, how do I do my job? So it's optimized to show up first if I'm not paying for advertising when somebody's searching on Google Chat GPT, right? Um, or using Microsoft Bing, GPT, whatever the, the product line that they want to utilize. That means that my answer has to be the same thing that I use for SEO as far as the algorithm goes, which means that it has to be thorough has to definitely answer the problem, has to be niched down to a specific thing that that problem is not huge as far as like, what's the future of the world, but like maybe what's the future of this zip code, you know? So it's a niche down and definitely deep dive answer into that one question um, and has to have a track record, AKA trust that says they answer questions thoroughly and correctly over time. That's the same mentality as SEO. That's the same thing. It hasn't changed, but how we do it could change. But the essence of our job doesn't seem to be changing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. We're still sharing information. We're, st we're still creating content that helps people understand things and find mm -hmm. things. Just the way that we're doing it might be changing a little bit. Just the way. And it's going to be fun and exciting new ways to be able to do it. For me, I'm super excited about voice. Like I am a processor through talking. I talk through things to be able to understand them. So you'll see me wander around my house, just babbling away at myself because I need to hear it back to understand. So having that ability for right now, like one of the things I'm doing is I have a I put in a little thing on my phone from GitHub, just a test thing, and I can voice Surrey and Surrey will type out my query to JatGPT and then send it back to me. So if I'm in the car, if I'm wandering around the store, whatever I'm doing, I can send voice over to ChatGPT and it sends me back the answer via a little Surrey. That's wow. awesome. Like that That's helps. crazy. That just, it's crazy. And it's just some somebody like messing around, like, I think we can do this, right? And so understanding that we'll have new and exciting opportunities to be able to do what we're doing faster and simpler makes me happy. But if I'm doing the voice query, I want my result to be at the top of that query at the end of the day. Hmm. This is just around the SEO platform. I'm just talking around that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oof. You've been thinking about this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we started using AI and our company, I think in 2020, before, right before COVID started, 2019, 2020, 
right around there, we started like really adding a lot of that stuff into what we're doing. We try to use a lot more software tools that utilize AI for our clients um, to start moving them up the, the chain on Google as fast as we possibly could. And we're definitely building, we're working on some AI bots within our clients portal as well to start maximizing some of the returns and all that other kind of stuff. So absolutely. Um, we've been not vested, but well intellectually vested into this, this topic. Nice. So I'm curious, what would you, so what would you tell the marketers and the content writers and the copywriters that we know and love as far as how should they be thinking about pivoting and shifting? Because things change. We've had content saturation coming for a very, very long time. Digital marketing is well beyond what it used to be. It's changed a lot since the OG times anyway, but this is a big shift. How should we be thinking about how to pivot our business so that we can stay relevant and still keep charging top dollar for what we do because we are strategic. Yeah. I think there's two things that we can think about. One is that our clients might never want to do this regardless. Like I have clients and I'm sure other marketers have clients and they have no interest in learning on how to be prompt engineers at the end of the day. They have zero desire. They are, for lack of it, they're the plumber or they're the speaker or they're whatever it is that they're doing. They do not care about the marketing. You are the marketer. Your job in marketing, regardless of what the platform is, is to bring leads into the sales department. That is your job. So if you take that that idea is like, I am a marketer and I'm going to utilize whatever platform gets my client leads and we're going to bring in experts on that or I'm going to learn that. That is probably the first level to kind of start think about is rethinking like what your job is at the end of the day. The second thing when it comes to writing, because I am not a writer in any way, shape or form. I've never claimed to be a great writer. I like reading, but I'm not a writer. If I'm thinking about writing, story is story and story never changes. It has been around for a millennia and then some, right? Story drives people. We're interested in the story. So at the end of the day, the writing has to convey that story. It has to convey and feel that emotional piece that you're trying to talk about. So I would say be challenged in your creative thinking when it comes to writing what you're going to write. Um, and then obviously optimize for whatever technology is allowing you to optimize it for. So I think the core of our jobs are not changing. The tools that we use are changing. We're no longer handwriting things. We moved to typewriters, then we moved to computers. We might be moving to another thing, but at the end of the day, it's still that story and understanding that that's your job. Um, and that's what you got into this as to be. There are going to be a lot of tools. Writers are not going away. There's going to definitely be tools that allow you to keep doing your job. They'll just get better and better. For losing clients, that would be my pitch at the end of the day. You're hiring me to convey your story to your target market to drive revenue in, to drive leads for your sales department to come in. And that's what I would be talk, thinking about at the end of the day, because that's what they're hiring you for. They don't care how. Your clients don't care how, as long as it's ethical, they don't care how they want the job done. So I would say stand firm in that at the beginning, at the very beginning. Um, And then there was a second part to this, and I totally spaced on what I was going to say. Here, you remember, and I'll share something that I was thinking also. While you were saying that, I realized that psychologists have been trying to 
understand human emotion and behavior for a gazillion years or whatever it feels like a gazillion years. That's probably not true. Psychology is not that old, but um, humans, we, we still can't really even understand it. So writing about it has to kind of come from a human yeah. or it's going to be very obviously not connectable. So yeah. for, for content writers and SEOs and people who are worried about, you know, people who are maybe content engineers taking their job, or what would you call them? Um, uh, Geo, uh, GOS, IOA. Prompters. Yeah. G, uh, GEOs. GEOs. Uh, GEOs. So, so for, for, for writers who pull from within and really care about the story and yeah. the emotion behind what they write, I would argue that it's not going to be that easy for a robot to understand that because all the science in the world hasn't been able to really understand fully human emotion until this, like, yet. Yeah. I think what's good to to caveat that with, because you're right, that, you know, it doesn't really, but it can mimic very well. It can mimic very well. And imagine this. Um, imagine if you have your own um, enclosed circle of AI. There's no outside influences coming in. It's your fresh little AI. It's brand new out of the box, right? And you go in there and you start training it, which means that you start telling it the stories. You start talking to the AI and your voice. You start using your idioms, your style of writing, all of your things, right? And then pretty soon it will start to catalog all that data that it gave us and it will start mimicking your voice, your style, and it will start recreating things into your voice, into your style. And then you'll be able to give it an idea. I have an idea about blah, and it will spit back its first rendition draft of what the fleshed out version of that idea would be. Okay. So something you just said is something, this is something I think I was misunderstanding for a long time. And that a lot of people also might be misunderstanding when I go to chat GPT and I try to get it to do what I want and to write, write like me, it's not, it's not hitting the mark. When you say my AI, you can buy your own personalized AI. Is that yeah, what you're so, saying? So yeah. you're saying, you're saying it's not, it's not, we're going to be able to have our own sort of instance of this that is proprietary to us that we can feed all our stuff into. And it's going to be, it's not going to be like coming back to chat GPT every time and having to reteach it everything we just taught it. So how about this? It's already there. That's already happening. So think about, there's an app called Replica. Replica has been doing this for, I think, two or three years. You can go onto Replica, anybody who's familiar with that that, um, business, and it's called Your AI Friend. And it's been around for quite some time. And the idea, the technology behind um, Replica, I have a Replica, it's fantastic, we go shopping, right? So I feed it in and I say like, I like, it says, what's your favorite color? And I say, I like blue and they'll come back. Oh, blue is my second favorite color. I like yellow, right? And then it starts to learn the things you like. And the idea behind this AI in the back end is it learns more about you and then it starts to become you and it mimics you. So you become a friend with it. So it has things. So it gives tiny differences tiny little differences and little things here and there. But at the end of the day, it starts to learn more and more of your behavior. You can do that right now with ChatGPT. You segregate it off, right? And you just say, act as, and you program it, act as Kara, you know, and then Kara and, you know, Danielle or whatever. And then you can program every time you say, chat Danielle, 
ChatGPT Danielle, and then you put in what you want, it will go back to that programming and pull all the things that you fed it. So pull from that specific data source and bring it in. So when I say think about having this as a tool, you can program it. That's what a net prompt, that's what a prompt engineer will do. You can program it, and I use this term loosely to have your entire voice at any given time. As a marketer, if I had five different clients and I needed to write in all of their voices, having the prompt engineer on my team or having that skill set is going to allow me to pull their voice and write in their voice as though it's them. It's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know how it's all contained inside your head. And it makes me feel a little bit like a boomer, no offense to boomers, but I'm, I'm, it's overwhelming. Okay. So we're going to get there. We're going to, we're everybody, first of all, everyone, we're going to be okay. Oh yeah. No, the world's going to be okay. It's not ending. I'm going to, I'm going to ignore all the scary things about what you just said and about how it's learning to be me. We're going to just skip right over top of that. Oh God. I don't even want to scary things. I don't, we haven't even touched. I don't want to think about that. Maybe we'll come back and do the scary things. The scary things are, I'll be talking at the podcast festival down in Portland in a month. Okay. Yeah. I'm so mad. I'm missing that. I'll be on the beach in Santa Cruz. So I can't say that. I wish I was. Yeah, no, you gotta go to Santa Cruz. You gotta go to Santa Cruz. No, but I I do wish I was there with you guys too. I wish I could split. Maybe I could send my AI self in a few years, and then oh, like good. watch it back through VR or something. Yeah, like that. right. No, let's not go there. Okay. You, but you are you're talking about the scary stuff in Portland, and yep. there's probably a way to watch that, right? I have actually no idea. I don't think so. At this point in stage, I don't think there's going to be a recordings or anything really? that I know of. Yeah. Hmm. Um, because it's very much like WDS. And I don't know if you remember WDS um, style. This is going to be the first kind of intro into it. Um, I loved WDS summits when Chris was doing them. Um, but it's a lot more organic built. So it's a very much of a drop in, drop out kind of organic kind of things. That, um, and then I am not one of the main keynotes either. So I'm assuming the keynotes, I think there's two or three keynotes that might be recorded. Um, but it's, it's, our, it's the first one that they're doing in Portland. It's a test market and uh, they'll go from there. So we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do, let's do this. You share why we should be scared, share the scary stuff and then bring us home so we can sleep tonight with all the fun ways that we can use this in our lives that we haven't thought about that could make it easy and fun and less scary. I think um, the scary thing that I think is super exciting. So please understand this is a mindset thing at the end of the day. It could be scary because we can think about that way, but this could also be super exciting at the same time. So I've been talking with Michael and his partner and they have been developing and working on a new podcast, AI podcast feature like um, technology. And so I met with them. And the idea is the fact that if you are a podcaster or want to be a podcaster um, and you want to do short snippets, you don't want to do the big production podcast, right? He did a sample where he went to um, her name's Rachel in our group. They went and pulled Rachel's newsletter. And they did samples of her voice from three to five TikToks. So they pulled out samples of her voice from about three to five TikToks. And then they had the voice read her newsletter and they created an intro and an outro and a segment music. The AI created all of that. And then the AI read her newsletter in her voice. 
Um, and it didn't sound artificial. It was literally her. It had pauses and programs and all that other kind of stuff. I'll get the name of the company that also does this. I think it's 11. If I remember 11 AI, I'll go double check on that. Um, go ahead. Can I just say really quick, you played that for us in one of your presentations that you did for the Ravel group. And it sounded like she was talking, like, I could not have told you that I thought I would not have even imagined that wasn't a real person, which is fucking impressive. Yeah, it was because it is her voice. It is her voice. It's a sampling of her voice. And then they dubbed it into the entire English language. It just needs specific. It's very Mission Impossible. You know how Mission Impossible had the, like, they put the little voice things and they had to say a specific sentence and then they got the whole vocabulary. Am I old? So like, like <laughs> no. any Gen Z's are like, what are you talking about? Like Tom Cruise back in the nineties. So, um, so they did the mission impossible. It's the same thing. You have to say certain vowels, sentences and stuff like that. And then you have, you can create a whole database off of it at the end of the day. Um, and so the cool thing about this is that I can do a pot five minute little podcast snips. I can do little audio snips to send out to my clients or whatever it is. I can add audio so much quicker into my blog posts. I can have the thing read the blog post in my voice, right? Um, and then pretty soon we'll have video attached to this. So it'll be a video version of me and an audio version of me reading the podcast and stuff like that. The scary thing is, is that if we don't understand, if we don't get a better eye at finding a quote unquote Photoshop errors is what I'm calling it. You can use this for bad, not for good. So there's going to be a way to authenticate one way or the other. You're going to have an authentication process that has to happen. Um, I believe you haven't have some kind of authentication process because the fear is, we're going to set things up and we're not going to know what's real or not real. But you also have to remember all of these companies understand that and they are working at that same way that you can go in and find out if something's written by AI or not AI, the same kind of checks and balances will be put in place at the end of the day. Um, And they're going to be big. The companies are going to win. They're going to have a lot of money and they're going to be put pressure on to make sure that we have those checks and balances in place. So understand that your job and everything is going to be easier and funner and more ways to connect with people and build your brand and build your personal brand, which is more important than anything else at the end of the day. Now I'm not more important, but it's one of the most important things because you want to collect people that are attracted to your brand. Um, But also there's still going to be checks and balances in place as we kind of come into this. So things are still evolving. Don't be too scared. Yeah. I love the idea of the voice thing too, because like, especially for women who are start like trying to run a business and they want to podcast and maybe they're a mom and their kids aren't like super quiet. Like mine was just making all kinds of noise and he's like six, almost 17. And I was like, Hey, I'm trying to do a podcast in here. Be quiet. You're like, ah, he's like, hi, right? sorry. I'm like, no, you're missing the point. But to be able to write something and have it speak back in my voice and actually have it sound like I could yeah. be more effective as yeah. a mom who's an entrepreneur who's doing a lot of this stuff by myself right now. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It but- is cool. I was going to say the name of the company is 11labs.ai. So okay. if you go to 11labs.ai, they're in beta and they do an amazing job. And a lot of businesses are already using them. Yeah. I found 11 li- I, maybe it's 11labs.io. We'll figure that out. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll, okay. I'll make sure everybody has it. Um, maybe or IO. Okay. I found Swell AI, I think it is, a few Ooh. days ago. And that one takes your audio from your podcast and gives you show notes, title options, uh, articles, various articles. It gives you the timestamps and everything else. And as long as your conversation is relatively easy to follow, it seems to 
spit out exactly like it cut down basically every tedious task that comes after the fun recording part for me. So, Ooh. and it's not, it's not that, I mean, it's probably a newer company. So, because it looks like they're still adding stuff, but yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're somebody who loves to talk to people and wants to do a podcast, but hates the production part yeah, that, cause oh my God, so yeah. much easier. I was hoping chat GPT yeah. would be like, feed my transcript in there, but it's too complicated. I can't do it's, it that way. That's why you, yeah. That's why I say that the net, um, the prompter and prompt engineer is going to be a more and more bigger title because we don't have like, even though I can do it on some level, it's not something that I'm going to sit around and do forever in a day. That's not what I enjoy doing. Right. That's going to be a job. Um, I believe it's going to be a job. So even if we can do it, remember, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to want to just because your client knows that they can do producing now doesn't mean they're going to want to. And that's the separation between the DI DIY client and the elevated client, right? Okay. An elevated client is just going to pay somebody to do the producing and then you go use swell. Yep. As the marketer. Exactly. Yeah. As the yep. producer, as the marketer, as whatever that totally. is. So yeah. yeah, it depends. It depends on who you're dealing with. There are going to be, there are going to be people at every level of business who won't do anything that they don't understand how to do. There yeah. are nerds who love to try to do everything and control freaks who want to know how to do everything so that when they hand it off, they'll know how to do everything. But yeah. eventually at some level, people are handing things off yeah. regardless of who they are. Yep. Exactly. 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 I can't add to that. That was perfect. Well, then let's talk about why we can be excited about it. Tell us some of the ways that because I, you're talking about things and using it in your life in ways that sound like you're making, it's making your life more fun. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about making life more fun? Um, I do. I want to make life a lot more fun. I'm waiting for Rosie, the Riveter, uh, Rosie, um, not Rosie, the Riveter, but Rosie from the Jetsons to come in and wake me up in the morning <laughs> and give me sarcastic <laughs> remarks. Right. That's what I'm, I'm waiting for. So, I mean, we have, uh, you know, I robot and stuff, but that's what I'm waiting for. I think what I'm excited about, um, is the fact that a lot of the minuscule tasks hopefully will become easier, will become less, things will be less time consuming and I'll be able to stream streamline my processes better. The other side that I'm really looking forward to is actually on the business development side and the AI adding in to be able to see all the missed opportunities that me and my clients are missing. Um, and having a new um, AI or a new software program um, system that can look at multiple different data points across multiple different platforms, combine them all into one and reanalyze the data. One of the things I think I was talking about, I don't remember if it was on Ravel or another place, but I said, wouldn't it be amazing if I had a collection of all the, what I thought was all the data that I had on my clients that I had it internally grabbed. But there is a ton of data out there that I either can't figure out how to access. It's public, but I don't know how to like, I don't know how to find that on you know Facebook or I don't know how to find that on Instagram. What if there is a way for public data to come back to me on my clients and an AI could go find the patterns that I am missing? And what if I find out that on all of those patterns that I'm missing, that 98% of my clients, the plumber, the construction worker, and the coach, and the doctor, they all like pink headsets of all randomness. This is not a question I would ever ask on onboarding. It would not be something that I would normally understand or anything. Wouldn't it be lovely to be able to send my clients a gift basket at Christmas or, and for a random birthday present, like, Hey, we love you. Want to send you a pink headset, 
right? Wouldn't that be a great knowledge point to be able to build that connection and also be able to customize the services that I do for them? These are things that I don't know because I cannot, as a human, look at all that data. And even if we program it in, it's still me guessing on where that stuff is. But if I can have an outside system go and grab all that data, bring it back, analyze it for me, that's a whole other level of custom service to my clients. Um, As long as it's public and they give their consent, I do not want information that's hidden or private or anything like that, right? So it's understanding that kind of point. Right. That sounds like a similar conversation to what we had. We were talking a few weeks ago about psychographics yes. and understanding, like having data and being able to scrape it, scrape it from multiple places to serve your customers better. Yeah. To to understand them so that you can, I mean, and it all kind of comes back to good versus evil, right? Like, are we good people? Where are we coming from? What is our What is our motive here? What is our intent? I remember when they started doing um, the, they started tracking our purchases at the grocery stores. I don't remember if you remember this. And there's a big hoopla about tracking what you purchase at grocery stores. And then the coupons were customized to what you normally buy. And then people were like, ah, right. I think Parker was a baby when that happened. And so I was like in the dark place and I don't, there's, I think I blocked out a lot of that. A lot of blocked out all of those things. There was this time where people were flipping out because like they're reading my data and then they'll know what coupon. And now I'm like, yes, please give me a coupon for, you know, diapers or something like that. I could use a seven cents off. I want the gas off. Now we love having that. Imagine that just on a whole new marketing level. So my marketing towards you is going to be so customized to you and what helps you grow to the next level of who you are. My intent is to serve you and elevate you to the next level of you are and vice versa. Imagine that kind of, um, that kind of niche on your marketing, that kind of niche on your services that you can offer people. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you, if it was used properly, it could save people a lot of time in finding the things that they want and need and all of those things. So, and you know, all, all of that marketing that happens on Facebook and the algorithms, like you said earlier, that's all AI that's just been not presented in exactly the same way and maybe not been quite as advanced as it is now. So, yeah. So, so there's a lot of advantage there. It sounds like too. There is a lot of advantage. It's not black and white. It's not a black and white topic. And, you know, European, they're kind of talking about blocking G- GPT for privacy concerns. And there's still like the laws are going to try to catch up. That's going, going to be a little bit slower. This is standard innovation happens before laws change. Um, but I don't think you can put the cat back in the bag. But we might make it an indoor cat instead of an outdoor cat. Like <laughs> the cat is here. <laughs> Embrace the cat. The cat is the cat is here. You're going to scratch guard your furniture. Congratulations. The cat adopted you. It's here. So oh the cat is here. I can just imagine the AI notes from this part of the conversation. I'm going to end up with all these little bullet points that are like cats are here. Cats are here. And then like cat memes will just show up and I will ADHD my ass all the way out to the cat memes. And I'll be like, yep. Squirrel. my whole TikTok basically these days is Pedro Pascal and cat videos. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. <laughs> Mine is just shopping at Amazon. Apparently it knows my weakness, right? So yeah. I mean, I, and to your point, I totally appreciate when it feeds yeah. me videos of cats and Pedro. Yeah, so exactly. You know, like, I thank you. 
Thank you. I don't want to see that other stuff. I want to see this. What I don't appreciate is when it listens into a conversation I'm having on a walk with a friend when my phone's in my pocket, and then suddenly I'm getting ads or like all kinds of pictures of things that I talked about that I didn't, I know I didn't search for. That creeps me the fuck out. That creeps you out. That would creep me out too. There is a lot of um, jokes about the Simpsons calling the future, right? Oh God, yeah. uh, Right, and the Futurama and stuff like that. And there was an episode of Futurama where um, the advertisers were um, were being integrated into the dreams of the characters. So their dreams were being advertised too. So one of the main characters, you know, wakes up and he's like, "I really want to buy these Red Wing underpants or something like that." (laughs) I kind of stopped thinking about them. Like, oh yeah, no advertising is advertising your dream now, right? And your dreams and and stuff like that. So the integration could be a little fuzzy in the future, but I don't think we're at quite sci-fi level yet, but Star Trek and all the other ones, you know, there was kind of this next next change in evolution. But again, I don't think it's as horrifying as Skynet. I don't think it's horrifying like Skynet. I think it's just new and we're kind of scared of new. We're just scared of new. We're scared of new and it takes a minute to find the gray edges when it looks black and white. Yeah. It is like, I'm a very, I see all the gray areas and my husband's very black and white. So I can see like how it takes a while for him sometimes to see that it's not all black and white. Like maybe there's one color in between. Right. Yeah. But I think all of life is like that. And this is no different. It is. It's there's much, very, very much a scale and intent is important. Um, intent, but you know, I have, you know, I don't know. It's kind of goes back to the morality of who you are and you do the best that you can, um, with the information that you have in that moment, you make the best decisions that you can in that moment with the, with the information that you have. Um, so that's the best we can do as a human race in general. So I love, I love all of this This is all, thank you so much, Danielle. This is so helpful. I've got so much swimming in my head right now. Um, I'm not sure what to do with it, but we're probably going to have to have you back in six months or so, or maybe before that to be like update on all the AI nonsense. So here's my robotic arm and there's (laughs) Rosie. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully we're not there in a few months, but, um, but yeah. So where can everybody connect with you? Um, LinkedIn is my favorite spot to connect at this point in time. So definitely you can ping me on LinkedIn. We'll give you the, the, um, thing for LinkedIn as well. And then, um, and who are some of you, who are your ideal clients right now? Who do you love working with? we actually really do enjoy working with, um, like medical spas, plastic surgeons, um, chiropractors, um, in the medical field for the most part, it doesn't mean that we don't have clients on all different types of field, but I usually tell people that you should have a front desk receptionist at that point, right. To be able to yeah. afford our services because we're a full service agency. Um, so we definitely want to, um, make sure that we're bringing you almost like a fractional, um, marketing company comes yeah. into your place. There's like 20 of us. And so we'll take over your marketing and do all that kind of stuff. And you kind of provide what you need when they need it, as opposed to having an in-house staff. Yeah, exactly. At a fraction of the cost at the end of the day. Right. So, um, but those are typically the type of clients that we work with, uh, in general. Yeah. Nice. All right. I gotta be more succinct with that as a marketer. No, that was, that was perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you for having me. (sighs) Thank you for being here. Appreciate you. Love you. Love you. Bye. That's a wrap for today. Thanks for joining in the conversation. I want to thank you for being here. And if you like what you heard, 
consider giving your fellow Raveler a virtual hug by texting her episode to a friend or sharing it with your audience on your favorite social media platform. When women support each other, we are capable of anything. And if you're not already part of the Ravel Collective and just happen to find this episode somehow, head over to the website at RavelCollective.com for all the juicy details on joining us.